This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we chat about ONTAP 9.8's new file systems analytics feature. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipork. Zipork. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the basement of my house and with me today I have a whole team of people. Uh, We're going to talk today about file systems analytics, which is new in ONTAP 9.8. But first, let's talk about uh, who's here. So joining us is Dan Tennant from the uh, ONTAP team. So Dan, what do you do here at NetApp and how do I reach you? And we should just clarify for people, we're not all in your basement. We're just... Uh, <laughs> oh, that would be weird. We're talking virtually, right? Plus, it'd be, we'd be violating the rules of social distancing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so uh, Dan, my name is Dan Tennant. I'm the director of software engineering covering uh, portions of ONTAP, uh, including uh, file system analytics, obviously, and then uh, flex groups and quotas and a, a whole bunch of other areas within Waffle. All right, excellent. Also with us today, Shane Draper. Uh, hi, what do you do? How do we reach you? Hey, Justin. I'm Shane Draper. I'm very socially distanced from you. I'm in a different country. I'm up out in Canada, Vancouver specifically. I'm a senior engineering manager for both Flex Groups and the analytics feature. All right, excellent. Also with us today, uh, Jin Wang is here. So, Jin, what do you do here at NetUp and how do we reach you? Hi, Justin. Uh, I'm a senior software engineer in dance organization. Uh, I basically have been in charge of the technical side of the uh, this feature in the last uh, uh, one year or so. All right, last but not least, Karthik Nagalingam is here today. So Karthik, uh, what do you do and how do we reach you? Hi hey guys, my name is Karthik Nagalingam. I'm a, a principal TME for uh, NetApp uh, ONTAP file system analytics and NetApp XCP products. You can reach out to me through email or a phone, or uh, if you guys are in the teams, you can directly reach out to me. So my email is nkarthik at netapp.com. So today we're here to talk about file systems analytics. Uh, and before we talk about you know how it works and all that good stuff, let's talk about what it is and kind of you know let's explore why we came up with this. So Dan, as the technical director, you're you're in charge of making decisions like you know hey we should have file analytics or not. So what is file an, file systems analytics and you know why did we choose to do it? Sure. So the the file system analytic project is is the idea that um, you know we we track a lot of metadata about the file system and we could make it more easily accessible to the end user. Um, probably the thing that that sparked this project was. You know, as as I mentioned previously, uh, Shin and Shane and I all work on flex groups as well, right? So we deal with file systems in the petabyte scale, and when you start dealing with things at petabyte scale, uh, file system scans like a you know running du across your file system start to take days, and so we realized that we needed a better way to kind of some of those basic workflows that a storage administrator or even just storage end user would be used to on a smaller scale start to break down and that we needed a better way for people to understand their data and, and manage it. So as far as file systems analytics go, I mean, where can we access that particular information? So it's 
provided in, in multiple ways. So everything that we have done is accessible through the REST APIs that, that are published in ONTAP and can be you know, scripted or integrated with other third-party tools. We have also integrated it with ONTAP's OnBox system manager. So there'll be a handy little volume explorer tab that lets you browse your file system and gives you sort of summary data at every level of the tree about how much data is in there and uh, some other uh, metadata about it. This decision obviously was made because of the need for being able to analyze large high file count file systems. Um, that usually fits into a flex group functionality. Does this also cover flex vols? Yes, this does support both flex vols and flex groups. Uh, the flex group use case was sort of the, the genesis of it, but there's there's nothing about the feature that's specific to flex groups actually, other than the the inspiration. Yeah, I asked this because I'm, on my slides, I put it as you know a flex group feature because that's where you mainly would want to use it. But then that confuses people. They think, oh, is it only flex groups? I'm like, no, 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 no. It's it's for everything. So, yep. Want to clarify? <laughs> All right. So, uh, so Karthik, you know, as the TME, you're kind of in charge of evangelizing this feature and, and talking about it to customers. What sort of use cases have come up for file systems analytics? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> Before I get into the use cases. I just want to touch up some uh, three major challenges the customers are facing. So one is the customer need a, a actionable, intelligent insights. That means, so they want to uh, look at the uh, files behavior and folders behavior, like where more files are there, where more size folders are there. And based on that, the customer wants to take a, a quality of actions and they want to move the required files to the primary storage that is one of the challenge second one is uh, real-time analytics nowadays the customers are very smart they want to look at the analytics at real time they do not want to see the offline analytics like uh, past 10 days or past uh, i want to see the analytics uh, 10 minutes before no nowadays customers are uh, intelligent to look at the analytics at real time. Third one, the customer wants to see the hierarchical with granularity of their users or of their files in deep. So hierarchical and granularity is another challenge. So with that mindset, on the file system analytics, we have come up with uh, uh, multiple capabilities to address different use cases. So one of the uh, use cases, say for example, the customer wants to see where the least or most changes are, most changes are happening. So in this case, we are providing on top file system analytics provides uh, those details based on the modification time. So through that, the customer can easily understand where the most changes are happening or where the least changes are happening. Another one is, uh, another use case is, the customer wants to see the uh, top size folders, like one of the customer, the largest engineering and uh, uh, sound company in Europe, they want to see their uh, users' home folders, where which users having most of the files and folders. So the top size folders, they want to look at that. So for that one, 
Anta file system analytics provides a graphical user interface through which based on the size the appropriate boxes displays in the graphical view based on the size you can see the different size of boxes for a folders view and that provides the uh, top size folders next use case and this is also coming from one of the uh, <clears throat> largest engineering company so they want to see that where the large number of files resides not only size they want to see that where the large number of files especially if you look at that in the uh, transactional databases so lot of changes are happening there so for that kind of use cases the customer wants to know where the large number of files resides for that system we do not have the graphical user interface in system manager but that was the reason we are providing the solution through rest api calls so through rest api calls the customer can get the large number of files and then another important use case is activity behavior like sometimes uh, especially this is based on the uh, banking customer so this customer is asking that guys we know the pattern in our uh, workload monday lot of transaction and uh, weekends friday a lot of transaction wednesday thursday not much transactions so we know the behavior of our bank transactions and behaviors so in that case sometimes there is some spikes occur unexpectedly the customer wants to understand is there any ransom attack is happening or something is happening in the system other than normal behavior accordingly they want to take a right action especially for the uh, sensitive data like a banking sector so this is another use case so these are the different use cases we are addressing through anta file system analytics so as far as the the file systems analytics piece goes i know that it's useful for storage administrators to see this information but how do end users see it cuz generally aren't they the ones running the dus and the and the commands across the network so here that's what two type of customers we are addressing through uh, anta file system analytics system administrators normally is the privileged user they log into the uh, system user uh, there is a, a system manager and then they can access it for the end user perspective they want to see the details in the graphical way is a simple way in front of them so for them we are providing the analytics in a easiest way very simple one of the uh, industry a uh, term that is uh, where is the hot data where is the cold data where is the warm data so these are the three types of data end user wants to understand for them file system analytics have a separate file system analytics through system manager we have a separate panel called summary panel the summary panel provides active inactive and normal data for the end user to understand like a hot warm cold data so that also provides some additional files and folders and oldest and newest kind of files for the end user to easily understand instead of going too much technical it is easy for them to understand very quickly 
So that's the way we are addressing the end users' requirements. Right. So, I mean, I guess what I mean is how do the end users actually get access to this data? Because with System Manager, my understanding is you don't have any sort of way to do role-based access control at the SVM level. So how do we give access to those customers? Is it through a REST API command and we basically just script it out or is it something else? Yes. So there is a REST API is the next option. So REST API is one of the beautiful future we are providing with the ONTAP file system analytics, especially one of the largest engineering and uh, sound engineering company, as well as the one of the uh, another banking sector in Europe. These two customers are very keen on using REST API calls to communicate with the ONTAP file system analytics because we have a system manager. Yes, so it's a first release. In this release, we are providing uh, close to five views we are providing that. But in addition to that, they want to create their own views for their applications. Uh, they want to integrate with their application. That is what REST API coming to picture. For REST APIs, we are providing some sample scripts as well as we are also providing a template scripts through our technical report. At the same time, in a system manager, if you can log into system manager login for a REST API, we have a separate documentation and a detailed uh, information is available for the customers to interact with the ONTAP file system analytics through REST API calls. It's very simple. It's a, it's a standard format and it provides a result in JSON format. So earlier, Dan mentioned that, you know, running DU and LS and that sort of thing can take, you know, potentially hours or days for these large file sets. And what's, what's cool about the file systems analytics feature is like, you know, you don't, you don't have to wait days or hours to get that information, but it also makes sure that you get the most recent, accurate, up-to-date information. Because if you run a, a DU or an LS on a Friday and it doesn't come back till Monday, there's been a lot of deltas of data since that time, more than likely. That's right. So that's what the reason in the file, t- file system analytics, uh, it lists out the folders in a sorted fashion using system manager. It's very easy to view the files in a graphical view. So, you know, you're also the TME for XCP. How is file yes. systems analytic different from the XCP file systems analytics? Like what's the main okay. you know, differences between the two? Okay. So the file system analytics is for the NAS files on on tap. It's only for on tap specific NAS file system. So in future, we are going to expand for multiple uh, protocols, other things. But now, on tap file system analytics for on tap NAS. XCP is any NAS, very simple. It can be a competitor NAS, it can be a uh, operating system NAS, or it can be NetApp uh, 7 mode or C mode, any NAS. So in terms of different perspective, so the file system analytics is a first release. So we are coming up with a lot of features and we are including uh, multiple features in the upcoming releases. But in terms of uh, functionality perspective, XCP has two major functionality. One is data migration and file system analytics. So file system analytics can be any NAS. Migration also any NAS to NAS. NAS to NetApp. In the ONTAP file system analytics, files, it provides a file system analytics for ONTAP NAS. So this is the two major difference between 
XCP and on-top file system analytics. I think the big distinction I would make as well, right, is that XCP is is something that you use to scan your file system, and then you can query analytics about uh, the the point in time at which you ran the scan. Uh, so. Uh, the file system analytics built into ONTAP is going to be kept con constantly update, right? And you can send a query at any time and there's no scan required. It's just going to give you the current state of the file system. Yeah, and I mean, an XCP, I guess, can poll and do scans on a regular basis. So you get pretty close to up to the minute when you query it. But the difference is, is you're going over a NAS protocol and there's some lag time. Whereas with file systems analytics, you're not dealing with that NAS protocol. Instead, you're, you're leveraging the internals of ONTAP. Yes, that's right. I just want to add some of the additional uh, points between uh, XCP analytics and ONTAP file system analytics, especially on the analytics perspective. Uh, so currently, uh, for XCP file analytics, we need a separate server or virtual machine to run a file system analytics. But ONTAP, it is inbuilt with the ONTAP system. Second is, uh, it is, as I already mentioned, that is, uh, it's off-tap, uh, XCP is off-tap, so it's not part of the ONTAP. Uh, file system analytics is part of ONTAP. One more thing, XCP need a catalog to keep record of all the information but in the file system analytics, ONTAP file system analytics, there is no need of cataloging because XCP file system analytics keeps the data in the metadata of the volume. So these are all differences between ONTAP file system analytics and XCP file analytics. So Shane, you know, we, we talked about XCP doing the, the scans over NAS and, and leveraging the, the NAS protocols for that with File systems analytics, we don't use NAS. So what is it exactly that we're doing in the background to keep that information up to date? So in the background, basically any file operation that, that comes into the, to ONTAP uh, gets analytics information updated. At that point, it's pretty much instantly available through either the REST APIs or available through System Manager. So kind of like what Dan was touching on with... Um, other tools being the scan-based approach, analytics is, is close to near real-time and allows that information to be accessed right away. So is it crawling the file system via the, the back end with Waffle or is it using something like you know the Volume Explorer uh, command set to, to find that information? So it's using a combination of both. So on the first time you turn on the feature, there is a, a scan of the file system. For anything that... Uh, happens after that, that's all done inside of Waffle. And I'm sure Jin could provide a bit more details there, but that's basically the, um, the, the difference there. So the initial time you turn on the feature on, it does a, a scan. And then after that, uh, any sort of updates happen pretty much as the, the file operations occur. So Jen, you know, let's let's expand upon that a little bit more. So what is exactly happening in the background there? So normally, as Shane said, that when the feature is first turned on, obviously you have existing data which has not been analyzed yet, right? So in that case, we have to run a background scan to connect the data for existing files or directories. But you know, as this scan going on, the ongoing traffic from the client 
which can happen in parallel, will also get accounted. So we're going to make sure we never double count anything. Um, so both kind of contribution are accounted for the analytics uh, data. So that's that's how it works basically. But after the initialization scan finishes, then the only thing being tracked are really just the ongoing uh, client operations coming in and out of on that. So let's talk about if a file gets deleted from a file system. How does that get reflected in the in the file systems analytics? Is it a push method where basically you know when it gets deleted we tell FSA that it's doing that, or is it FSA coming in every now and then and pulling? No, it's a it's a push model. Basically, whenever the delete happens, uh, FSA will get notified and the accounting will be updated, right? And uh, we do this, basically the idea is that in a normal operation, the tracking is, is down inline with the uh, traffic. But since it is doing inline, we have to worry about, you know, it has to be very lightweighted. It cannot put too much performance impact to the system. So we put a lot of engineering effort, try to minimize the uh, performance impact of this operation. So what sort of performance impact can we expect on a volume running file systems analytics? And, and does it depend on the number of files or the amount of, of capacity in the volume? Actually, it does not. Because uh, for the initialization scan, the amount of data matters. The amount of data matters only in terms of number of files. Actually, it does not matter in terms of how big uh, the file is. Because when we do the counting, you know, bigger number, similar number to us is the same number, right? It's the same kind of number. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the the, the performance impact uh, is try to be minimized so that uh, it's almost, you know, have very little impact on uh, for the ongoing traffic of the file system. So we actually measured uh, performance benchmarks and the, the worst case, uh, impact to the throughput uh, is about 10%. And that's measured at the peak load point. That means you really push the finer or your storage system to the very maximum capa uh, performance capacity. And at that moment, you're going to see about 10% of uh, degradation in terms of throughput. But otherwise, in the normal operation range, you will see actually much less than that. What sort of impact to the CPU does this have? CPU impact is also very small um, because as I said, the operation we do uh, on the side as the file system come in is very, very minimal. And uh, we try to make sure we don't do any uh, heavy weighted calculation on the spot. Uh, so only thing we really do is just tracking the change and that's it. We don't turn it on by default. Why don't we turn it on by default if the, if the impact is low? Is it something that we're trying to avoid creating issues with? I mean, what's, what's the rationale behind that? I think we don't really uh, say that performance, you know, uh, performance definitely is a concern because there are customers, they might, you know, 10% of performance hit at the peak load point for a lot of customer probably is not an issue. But for some customers, they might be say, oh, I just cannot take that. So in that sense, uh, we allow them to, you know, basically turn the feature off. Of course, we just default as as off for this release. And that doesn't mean we we want to keep this forever. So in the future releases, as we further improve the performance, uh, we will 
uh, turn this feature on by default. So where is it getting all this information about the files and the folders? Like, how do, Does it calculate the information based on what it sees in the file system, or is that information already available to be queried? You mean at the query time or at the Well, connection? so like, for example, like we, we can tell how big a file is in a system, but as far as the folder size goes, we have to do some, probably have to do some calculations there, right? Like adding up file sizes, or is that stored with the file metadata itself or the folder metadata itself? Right, right. So as Karsik and Dan are also saying, uh, we want the analytics to be granular than volume, right? So between volume and file, <laughs> in between, the entity is a directory. So we actually track at a directory level uh, for some extra metadata for every directory in the file system. Yes, so if you have you know, many files in the directory, the, all the, these files activity or size change will be tracked uh, towards its parent, which is the parent directory. So if I run into a performance issue, you know, can I just turn this off and then the performance issue goes away or is there some sort of, you know, spinning down that has to happen? You know, is it kind of an immediate thing? It's immediate. Uh, once you turn it off, it's off. There's no background uh, extra activity going on. So once it's off, it's, it's completely shut down. And I've noticed when I've turned it off and then back on again, it retains the data that it was there when it was off. Does it always keep that data in place or does it eventually get evicted from the system? Eventually it will be get evicted because as the, um, as the file system changes, as things uh, get updated, the old data will be eventually evicted. We are not uh, uh, proactively evicting that precisely because as you said, if we turn the feature off, then proactively evicting, then we're going to cause uh, extra uh, traffic or node. So we actually just kind of lazy uh, evicting as as the uh, as time goes. And is this information stored in an on-box database or is it a flat file? I mean, how are we keeping this information? It's an on-box uh, uh, file. It's not a really a SQL database uh, kind of format. Uh, it's just a, you know, it's a file system. It's just a meta file in a file system. So we're keeping a flat file of this information. Would, would we have any plans in the future to turn it into a database that can be, you know, leveraged for replication across the cluster nodes? Uh, the major reason for maintaining a flat file is really about the performance. As I said, we emphasize on uh, the performance impact of this feature should be keep minimal. Um, so if you directly inter interact with a SQL database or any kind of uh, key value database, uh, as a file operation happens, uh, then the CPU cost and, and everything cost will be too high. So, yeah, we don't plan to translate that into a SQL database or something. We can always replicate this database to different nodes, uh, to different systems like Sunamir, uh, Sunamir or, or MCC or some other things in the future. Um, but, you know, we, are, we have no plan to translate that into a SQL database. So. Yeah, and I guess that kind of brings up another difference between this and XCP's functionality because XCP actually keeps a Postgres SQL database along with that information, right? So you can query Postgres SQL directly if you wanted to. Right. So is this a process that runs in the user space of, of ONTAP? And is it leveraging XCP at all or is it its own uh, unique thing? Uh, it's our own unique thing. Uh, it does not really go through the protocol stack. Uh, I mean, obviously the tracking has to monitor in the, the protocol stack, but you know, our internal scan, everything does not really go through the 
XCP code or, you know, protocol stack. Okay. So as far as um, the functionality goes, I mean, what can we do today and what can we not do with, with file systems analytics? Like what's our, what's our functionality limitation with it? Well, I'll take a crack at that. So um, right now we maintain, as, as Karsik said, we maintain file count. We maintain space usage accounting. Uh, we maintain uh, history of M time and A time, right? So that's actually the four major things we're tracking right now. Uh, in the future, we might, you know, uh, consider to check more uh, file system properties, uh, such as performance uh, characteristics, uh, you know, some other usage patterns, and so so forth. It's so like um, a hot files functionality. Is that what you're talking about? Right. So hot file is is kind of important because another customer might say. You know, I want this is this file is my VM, right? So I have another VMs. Which one is, is hot than others? Uh, so people want to know that, and they may even want to know which client is hot, right? Which client IP address is driving most of the traffic, and uh, they may even want to associate these two together to say, oh, which client is driving most of the traffic to which set of uh, files or VMs. Um, so yeah, so that's some, something we are actively co- considering uh, for the future releases. Yeah, so this basically is a phase one of file systems analytics. So we get to do basic things like folder size, um, file size, access history. So you can kind of leverage that for you know analyzing whether fabric pool makes sense. Um, you know, a times, n times, that sort of thing. Directory counts, file counts. So it's a lot of useful information, but. As far as a fully fledged feature, I mean, there's still ways to go of getting there, right? We have we have more we can add to this. Yes, I mean, certainly, as as Dan um, and Shane already said, uh, there's a lot of potential of this feature, and uh, we are going to keep growing on top of what we have done and build more capability so that we can be used or integrated with more use cases. That's been one of the biggest problems on this project. There's so many cool things you could come up with to track and and so many potential use cases, right? It actually took us a while to narrow down a, a core set to get started on. But there's a lot of there's a lot of future potential here. So as far as prioritizing those potential features, Karthik, you know, how, how do we get people to give feedback and to to ask for certain things? Like what how do we collect that feedback? So we are collecting the feedback through uh, field engineers and accounts team. At the same time, uh, they can raise the uh, ticket with the NetApps and we are having a blogs. So the customer can provide their feedback in blogs and we are going to have multiple uh, presentations like uh, 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 insight and internal presentation, multiple internal presentations through which we can get the feedback from the team as well as from the partners. And if the, the technical report is the one, uh, we are getting most of the feedback from the uh, external. So there we will provide the context information for the customers to contact us directly if they want to get, uh, if they want to provide more feedback. The next one is EBC. So EBC is another one through which we can provide Lot of uh, we can receive a lot of feedback from the customer as as well as roadshow. There are multiple options are there. So based on uh, the feedback what we receive, then we work with the product management team, and then 
we will prioritize the, the list of features by working with the engineering team for the upcoming releases. And I understand that they have a higher chance of success of getting that feature. And if they call you directly at 2 a.m., right? Yeah. So, so many times they, people call, called me, our uh, senior executives called me multiple times for uh, their feedback and they want to provide their feedback. Yeah. So customers are our boss, right? All right. Excellent. So to, to circle back to the performance there, you know, something I forgot to ask, Jen, um, when it comes to file systems analytics, is there a discernible difference of performance when we use it on a flex ball versus a flex group? Uh, there is some extra cost uh, when you use that in flex group, but the 10% number I just gave you was actually for both flex group and the flex volume. So flex group actually is, is less than 10% as well. Yeah. So I guess the flex group consideration comes from having member volumes scattered all across different nodes and then having to traverse that cluster. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, you could have a directory, for example, its children span over all different kind of uh, member volumes, right? Uh, so yeah, naturally, there will be a little bit extra cost to doing this kind of tracking uh, than flex volume alone. Uh, but the, the overhead is it's not big. Just to clarify, one of, one of the reasons where we, we sound a little cagey about the, the what the overhead is, is that it really depends on, on a lot of scenarios like the workload, the platform, uh, right? It, it really depends on, on where you're resource constrained. As, as Shin said, most of the work is happening in the background. So 99% of the time, you wouldn't see any performance overhead. It, it's only, you know, as with any feature that does work on the file system, uh, when you start getting to the point where the filer is completely full, and if it's res you know a platform that's resource constrained on on the resources that we're consuming, then then you'll see kind of an impact on how high you can drive that peak, right? But as far as the amount of overhead we've put into the file op path, it's it's almost not noticeable. Yeah, and I guess the main concern would be you know if I've got a, a, a volume that has millions of files in it, I don't want it to fall over if I turn this on. So. You know, from what I'm hearing, that's not going to happen just by turning it on. All right. So we we purposely, you know, of course, as we have been repeating, we focus on the performance impact, but we also have uh, some kind of intelligence to say, oh, if if the performance is really uh, bad at this moment because the file are so busy, uh, this uh, file system analytics activity is going to be uh, yield a little bit. It's going to automatically back off a little bit so that it does not directly competing with the ongoing five, five operations as much as uh, it normally would. So there are some mechanisms to kind of uh, uh, give that a little bit more uh, a less priority when the systems are really busy. Yeah, and it's basically like any other of our features that might impact performance, such as storage efficiencies. You know, we, we definitely make it a lower priority task. So if something happens that requires more performance for workloads, we would honor those workloads before we do things like file systems analytics. So as far as ONTAP 9.8 goes, I know we added another feature called async delete, which is basically a way to run a command from the CLI and delete an entire directory. Uh, how, how does that tie into file systems analytics? Does it leverage some of the same mechanisms? Um, and how does file systems analytics interact with it? So un underneath uh, a lot of that scanner infrastructure that we were talking about uh, does use the same infrastructure that the async delete feature uses. Uh, there's, I mean, obviously there's the there's the obvious tie-in of, you know, we have to track the the data access of async delete, but 
overall, it's it's more of a, a, a synergy between workflows, right? It, we we give you the data to look through a very large file system and find, you know, maybe a directory of data that hasn't been accessed in a long time, and that you know is consuming a significant chunk of your file system. And then async delete would be, uh, you know, a natural next step in the workflow to uh, eliminate data that you don't need anymore, you know, old scratch data or whatever. Um, you know, we haven't done much to kind of directly tie the two features together from like diagnosis to action, but that's certainly uh, a cool space we can look in the future. So, so Karthik, I mean, you have some familiarity with async delete, as I've noted on email threads here. So we just we just had a question about that. So how does that functionally work? Like, how does async delete do what it needs to do? We got some requests for uh, 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 fast delete uh, because the customers are asking that our competitors, uh, EMC and Pure, are having that functionality. So that's why we got these functionalities. First, in the waffle level so we are getting the when somebody is issuing that the delete command in waffle we are doing the scanner starting at the directory level and then scanner walks through the hierarchy in depth first order if your subdirectory is found all its content is deleted before the directory recursively there are some pros and cons are there so some pros are so each object could be checked for permissions junction properties and deleted only if this passes and there is no upgrade and revert impact cons perspective waffle scanner takes time to delete all the subdirectories and files before reporting success so let us get into the how it works so uh, in the netapp of the five block numbers for each block numbers it loads the inode of entries one by one if inode is a file start some uh, that is unlinking the unlinking for inodes if it is a directory we recursively go into the subdirectory folders and if unlink all the directory entries so move the parent directory and process to the next entry so the same thing is applicable for the flux group as well but only thing is so we are taking this approach to cache the remote directory and load the directory entries and carry out the unlink operation for a flux group. So this is the way we are handling the uh, fast delete and we are providing the commands, CLI commands available. So volume file, uh, direct fast delete command is available through which you can delete the folders. And uh, it has some uh, prerequisites like uh, vServer and volume must be a valid and volume should be online and mounted. and uh, it should not be a, a root folder, root volume, or vol zero, because we need a DSID for each volume, and we should provide the uh, path with the valid directories for each volumes, and uh, we can also view the uh, fast delete operations by using volume file direct fast delete show command, and then we can also view the. Uh, operation is a valid whether it's uh, the volume is online all the details we can go through with the help of uh, fast delete operations so as far as the fast delete stuff goes i mean is that better performing than doing an external delete uh, and i guess you know when we compare it to something like rsync or something with xcp deletes 
uh, fast lead as per our understanding is it's in the on tap level so when it comes to the uh, xcp so xcp is not mean for uh, only on tap it's for others but here it is also running in the uh, two type of operation uh, parallel there is a sync and asic kind of operations the two type of approach is available and uh, in terms of operation perspective as per my understanding both are multi threaded and that's what it is going on yeah and i guess what i was seeing in some of the eaps is that the the performance of xcp delete was about on par with uh, like async delete, but the difference is, is you can run async delete without requiring a client and re- without requiring the need to install something like XCP. That's right. That's right. So as far as uh, file systems analytics to, to kind of come back to that, what sort of things, you know, do we have the potential of doing in file systems analytics in the future? And I'm not asking you to commit to like, you know, certain revisions of, of ONTAP or anything, but what's the potential there? Like, what can we actually do with it? Actually, from the customer perspective, they are asking a lot of uh, requests. Uh, actually, that is a really good sign. The sense, a lot of customers are asking good uh, requirements, good questions. From my perspective, a couple of uh, important requirements uh, we, we, we should consider in the upcoming releases, like customization, and providing reports. So customization is like uh, people can uh, decide the uh, time, like uh, norm, active, normal, inactive time. So currently we are having one week or greater than one year or one year to one week. So the customer wants to change the time and the report. So the customer wants to have a different type of reports, like a HTML format and a CSV format or PDF file format and they can take a link to share it with the internally. So that kind of things. So these are the two uh, major things uh, based on my interactions with the customers. And Shane and Shin, please chime in. I've, I've heard a lot of requests for kind of performance metrics. They want to know what, ac- what parts of my file system are being accessed a lot, uh, you know, which, which are my hottest files, that, that sort of... Uh, Workflow. I've I've heard from several different customers. Yeah, I mean, I heard similar things, but there are also uh, requests from customer to say, I want to see the time trending or time series data, right? So I want to see all this directory or this project from uh, you know, last week to this week. What's the data uh, change? What's the space change? Or on average in this month, how much space this directory or this queue tree or this project uses? Um, there are some use cases potentially for chargeback kind of modeling. They might say, oh, this project based on average usage over two months, that's how much it's going to cost the organization in terms of uh, storage. Uh, so that's uh, another potential use case where we might have to integrate uh, with other tools like, like NetApp, uh, ActiveIQ, uh, to implement this kind of functionality. So we don't want to on tap to do everything, but I think we're going to integrate with other tools. So Karthik, I mentioned this early access program, and basically that's a way for customers to kind of use a product before it's officially released. What sort of feedback are we getting from file systems analytics with that? Customers really like this one and really have a good feedback. And uh, after they see the demo, they really enjoy the features. Guys, this is what we are expecting from you guys for a long time back. So now you guys have these features. It's really good. 
and whenever they are asking more questions that means they are really like it and they want to have more uh, functionality and features out of this product it is reaching large customers and uh, especially in the europe side and australia side the real uh, apac side different customers giving you good feedback and they are asking different uh, demos we also did the uh, demos to eda customers and other things yeah feedback perspective is good but expectations are high all right dan jin shane karthik thanks for joining us today and talking to us all about file systems analytics um again if we wanted to get any information karthik how do we do that yeah so we have uh, emails currently available so they can reach out to me like nkarthik at meta.com or we are releasing the technical report as i mentioned in the past we have a technical report and uh, different presentations are available so please reach out to us through our email id or please reach out to netapp support team so they know that how to reach out to us all right everyone thanks so much for joining us and uh, talking about file systems analytics all right that music tells me it's time to go if you'd like to get in touch with us send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp as always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via TechOnTapPodcast.com. If you'd like to show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Dan Tennant, Shane Draper, Jin Long, and Karthik Nagalinga for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.